0: I want to wish everyone a happy new year. It seems that every new year I'm sick, and this year was no exception. I just got over a terrible case of the flu. So while I'm working on the first exhibition of this year and next episode of the podcast, I want to give you all something to enjoy. This episode was originally released on Patreon in July of last year, but I'm releasing it now on all platforms to give everyone a taste of what's to come on Patreon this year and to hopefully spread the story of Bleak even further. So enjoy the internet is such an incredible thing i know for myself without the internet i wouldn't be where i am today and if you talk to most emerging artists you will hear the exact same thing it was first blogs then it was sites like deviantart and then instagram of course and whatever is going to come next the internet has changed the way that artists make a living you no longer have to move to an art capital like new york city If you want to make a name for yourself and start selling in galleries, all you have to do is simply make your art, post it online anywhere you can, and eventually someone will notice. However, it wasn't just the internet that allowed today's guest to reach the world outside of his home country and find an eager audience for his work. It was also his incredible drive, talent, and of course, a desire to inspire others through art. I'm your host, Jacob Johnson. This is the Myerda's Real Podcast, bonus episode one, Bleak.
1: Alright, so I am Bleak. I am from the Philippines. I do studio paintings and street art. Growing up in the Philippines,
0: Bleak had a rough start as a kid. His father was out of town and not around for much of his early life. Not because he didn't want to be around, but because he was busy working as hard as he could to make a good life for his family. How was your life uh, growing up in the Philippines?
1: Well, from the start, it's been a a rough road from my family from the start because I didn't grow up rich or, yeah, it came from a middle class family. So my childhood, my father is not always present. And yeah, he always go overseas to work. My childhood, we always, I had a different uh, home. Well, growing up, I didn't notice or I didn't feel any sadness because my father is not around. But because I'm pretty much adventurous and I always wanted to go out. Bleak's father was an engineer and was out in places like Dubai
0: doing work to save money for his family. Once he had saved enough, he had bought a home for his family. And thankfully, they never had to move again. And when you were growing
1: up, what sort of stuff were you getting into? So I I really love doing like games on the streets. Filipinos they have a lot of like traditional um games where the kids like they they just run around the streets pretty much all the time. So when we wake up after breakfast, we are really itchy to go out and play until lunch and then right after lunch. So yeah, most of the time I want to I really want to play games. I've been pretty much adventurous until my early teens.
0: And was art in your life at all when you were growing up?
1: Well, during my elementary days and uh, high school days up to college days, I really I'm really into drawing. Not the type of like figure drawing or the portrait drawings. Like most of the time it looks like doodles and stuff something like very cartoony i remember during when i was 10 years old there's there's like uh an app which is the the computer back then they use uh floppy disks and the app is like a font maker where you can draw using the arrow keys i always use that when i was young and then i just copy like famous cartoons here in the Philippines and then growing up during high school well being close to my friends and having all the adventures I remember I tried to make like a DIY comics where where we are all the heroes and stuff and then the villains are the PlayStation shop owner my teacher it's like I'm making (laughs) it's like we are I'm making my own universe with all of my friends.
0: So Bleak just brought up something that I haven't actually revealed to you yet. He said he would make comics about his friends and even the PlayStation store owner. Well, how it worked when he was a kid in the Philippines was most people didn't have money to buy a PlayStation and games for it to keep at home. So instead of owning your own, you would go down to a store where you could pay money and spend so many hours playing that day. And so when would you and your buddies go down to the PlayStation store and hang out?
1: So it's like a school bus in America. They, after they pick us up, I, I really don't go straight to school. I go and ride like there are, there, are the, you know, Tuk Tuk in the Thailand? We call it, it's like a motorcycle with a sidecar. It's like a transport. I sneak to ride a tricycle and then from there I'll, I will go to the PlayStation shop. And then i am i will meet my friends who also skip the skip classes from there we will, we will call the owner and the owner is kind of like letting us in even though he knows it's illegal to accept kids skipping classes <laughs> so from 8 a.m until 4 p.m we will, we will play
0: Bleak said he was a bad kid growing up but hey if i could skip class and Get away with going to play video games every friday instead best believe i would have done so but like i said
1: before it did cost money so how are these kids paying to play it's a four-day savings so from monday to thursday we will not eat lunch but uh i think in america people they scoop food on your plates right but here in the philippines they they will just put the dish on the plates and then they they line it up and then the kids they will just pick it up and then they will pay in the counter so from there we'll because there's a lot of kids lining up we at the back of kids lining up will sneak our hands
0: (laughs) at their back i can only imagine how much trouble i would have gotten in growing up if my parents found out i was taking my lunch money and Spending it on playing video games and sneaking trays of food from the lunch line. But hey, as a kid, sometimes you just gotta have fun sometimes. And there's not really a point in life you ever get to do that again. What's even more crazy to me is that they were able to sneak away every single week to play these games. I mean, I just don't see how the school didn't catch on. It's crazy. But Bleak didn't explain to me that in the Philippines, it's very important for the kids to be independent. And if you're still riding the bus and all that by high school, you're kind of considered a baby. It's sort of ridiculed
1: in my age back then like i say se- second year high school it's uh it's like uh a shame for a kid who still that age riding a school bus so yeah because we are a third world country so most of the kids here are really independent they are they can ride jeepneys jeepneys it's, uh, which is like a bus but it's it's like uh it's a jeep so yeah, there's a lot of children who commutes every day. And writing a school service is like, like you're a baby. I
0: mean, and your parents just never caught on to the fact that you were skipping class? You never got in trouble?
1: They didn't know that I'm skipping classes. But there was a time that I got caught inside school skipping one class. And that's the only one that they, but everything else they don't know.
0: Bleak wasn't the best student in school, but he was able to still pass even with his class-skipping habits. His brother, on the other hand, was more academic and even followed in their father's footsteps of becoming an engineer. So when it became time for Bleak to go to university, he didn't know what he would do. In most places, if you want to be an artist, you're encouraged to have a backup plan. But for Bleak, taking fine art in school was pretty much considered to be choosing poverty.
1: Well, here in the Philippines... Um, taking of fine art is, uh, it's like a suicidal course in this normal society. It is really a stereotype that you get poor if you take fine art. So me, I know that, uh, even though, even I do like art, I know that my father won't allow take of fine art.
0: So what he ended up doing
1: was following the advice his dad had given him.
0: And he tried to enroll in computer engineering.
1: But the problem is uh, my grades didn't reach Dakota. So I started taking up electrical engineering first because my grades, my grades is like it's enough to enter that course. So from there, my my father's plan is after taking up electrical engineering and Getting good grades, we will shift into computer engineering, but yeah being me being the the not so serious me yeah the my first year and second year of college it was really a headache for them, so the computer engineering thing or plan it's it's not gonna happen, so I, I later on. Shifted to computer science. Well, I really, I only took computer courses because I I thought well, if I took computer courses, I might find a way to like draw. Yeah, that's the only reason. So I took up computer science, which is uh, I thought uh, from there I can really do some artsy things. But I discovered that it was computer programming.
0: So while, yes, he was doing what his dad wanted of him, he also had his own plans in mind. He thought computer engineering would lead to maybe making some sort of digital art, but it was far from it. But while he was taking these classes, he did discover a program called Photoshop. You know, the super famous photo editing software. But since the school didn't teach Photoshop, he
1: had to teach himself. While I'm doing computer science, I discovered Photoshop. And from there, I started, like, uh, discovering, like, graphic design and stuff. So I've been cu- curious how to yeah design posters and making my drawings into digital artworks.
0: And with his self-taught skills in digital art, he was able to land himself a part-time internship at a tech company making video games.
1: There's a programming company who, from that time, they needed a graphic artist. Well, in that internship is, like, you you are going to make uh, official game design that people will buy using their phones it was the year of the nokia screen series you know that the the small phones where you can download 8 bit games so it's really a pressure and a challenge for me because people will buy that they what they need is a a pixel A pixel artist, the ones with the 8-bit, it gave me a challenge to research how to render light and shadow.
0: You're going to notice a trend here. While Bleak wasn't great at sitting in class and making the best grades, he was always willing to learn. But because they wouldn't teach the things he was interested in learning, he ended up teaching himself most of the time. So while doing this job to create video games, he would soak up as much knowledge as he could to enhance his graphic design and art skills. Before long, he set
1: out on a new venture to make his own t-shirt brand. I started like designing shirts. When I'm bored, you can make your own like DIY clothing store online. It really made me hook up to graphic design. And then starting that tour, online store, uh, there's a guy who, whose name is uh, Triskaideka, RIP, RIP. is uh, my very close friend, and he he does vectors and stuff. He so he's the really art guy. So from him, I discovered like lots of information about art, and he he's the one who introduced me to street art.
0: Blee's good friend Tree Sky Deca would become a great influence on him and send him down the path of street art. And in case you don't know, because I didn't know either, the name Tree Sky Deca actually comes from the word Triska Deca phobia, which is the fear and avoidance of the number 13. And so when did you get into street art and,
1: and how did you discover it? So from there, during those college days, I really got hooked up to art because of that guy. And then after college, it, it blew up because he he joined me with my t-shirt design store, online store. So we were wor- working together and then we need to buy some blanks, like the, the clothes, the shirts. So when we are walking where we will buy the shirts, there are like stickers around uh, on the street signs. The first time I saw them, I was really like, uh, wow, this, this, these are people do this like they, it's like cool stuff that they slap on the street signs, and then suddenly he to, he told me like I know these people, and and then from there I told him that like uh, I really want to try, and then later on I discovered the murals on the streets, and then I discovered that they are his classmates. During college,
0: and that began his new obsession: learning how to paint street art. And like anything else, he had set his mind on. He put in the work and learned how to do it properly.
1: Yeah, I try to like study how to paint. From there, I discovered this the this collective. They, they are the pioneers in street art. It's it's uh, way back two thousand ten, and uh, street art in the Philippines. It's started around two thousand six, so it's really fresh. So from there, I, I told my friend, 3 Dekada like, it's still early. We can catch up, I think. And then told him, like, let's make a group. Let's make a collective and do the same thing that they are doing. I think we can do it, like I told him. And then from there, he, he instantly, like, searched for his artist friends that would be really interested to... To, to form a group,
0: the art collective they ended up starting together was called Cavity Collective. And while they started to put up these works together, he became
1: extremely addicted to the process of street art. I easily got addicted to it. Like in a month, I uh, I remember uh, I have like eight murals or or more because I was really hooked into it. So. So every day I watch like YouTube videos, like tutorials on how to paint and this and stuff. But uh, it's easy for me because it's like um, using the house paints, like with a brush. Lucky, lucky me because I have uh, my group mates. I have a group mates who are like a fine art graduate. So it gave me an opportunity to ask them around how how this thing goes and then like they teach me stuff. From there, I I developed my style and then I improved the way how, how I painted.
0: Sadly, despite how much he was enjoying the street art and the t-shirts, he didn't think that it could ever be a career for himself. Also around this time, he had a child that he would now need to provide for. So to make sure he could keep his bills paid, he did corporate design work as his main job and did his personal art projects on the sun.
1: It never occurred to me that it will be like uh, my it will be like a career for me because I really needed money during that time because uh I had a son. So I really need to be responsible and support my child. So painting uh as a career is like it's not working for me because yeah. People didn't really enjoy much of my work because it's really creepy eh? and weird. The only people who appreciates my stuff is the the people who is like doing street art and graph. They they are the ones who who motivates me. That's why uh, I I I've been serious enough to continue this this painting thing. But yeah, but yeah. On the other side, I'm, I'm still doing like corporate stuff. So I work as a graphic designer to support the, the painting.
0: Through this time in his life, between 2010 and 2018, he would start working on studio paintings as well as the street art. He even was part of several group exhibitions and put on a couple of DIY art shows. It was after one of these shows that Bleak realized he hadn't sold a single work and people just weren't connecting to his art in the way he had hoped for. So he did what he does best, and he set out to expand his knowledge of contemporary art and work on his studio practice.
1: There was this solo show, I used my old style, and during that solo, uh, it flopped. So it's like only one piece was sold. And during that opening, uh, I had a, there's a group show, which is in the same, same gallery. They are like, uh, the show is called Brown Dada. The works that they are showing are like abstract and expressionism. In the sense, it's like a Dada art, so they call they call them themselves uh, the, the title of the show is Brown Dada. So it kind of re- made me realize that my work is like uh, it's like a baby, because <laughs> when my work is low brow, and then suddenly I show I saw some like serious stuff, which made me realize that like I really need to know a lot. When it comes to contemporary art, it made me like kind of sad and unmotivated, and I hated it. The my work it it looked like a, it looks it looked like a child. So because of that group show, the bound the brown Dada, it made me like uh, it woke me up into contemporary art. So from there. I kind of like try to change my stuff and I didn't do art for a while and street art for a while. And I tried to like do new things.
0: As he started to look around and find more contemporary and lowbrow art inspirations, he also found himself a mentor.
1: From there, I started to discover like Mark Ryden, Robert Williams and Todd Shore. I suddenly got in love with how they render things. And that time I I there's this guy, René Kuvos. His work it's almost like the same as what Mark Ryden do. So he discovered me because of our group, the Cavity Collective. So he like he likes street art, but he can't do it because he is more into studio painting. So from there uh, I told him, like, I really l- I really wanted to improve my thing and I really wanted to, like, make my work, like, how Mark Ryden do it. So I asked him to teach me some techniques and stuff. And from there, he became my mentor.
0: Through his dedication in the studio, he had finally landed on his own style, which he uses to this very day. If you haven't seen his work, I'll explain the style in the best way I can. They're kind of reminiscent of video game graphics in a certain way. Obviously, much better detail. But the real focus is the subject, who are pretty much normal people, but with massive heads. And these heads, well, they're not really giant heads. They're actually giant hands. But trust me, it sounds way scarier
1: than what it actually is. From there, I managed to create the what i call today the humans and it's it's the human hand with like ears and hairs that when you saw it it it's it's really like a person and not only did he love his new style so did the galleries and the viewers and it really like the the human thing it it really worked for a lot of people and galleries so yeah it kind of changed things up and started to like, being, and me, I got really confident about it and felt like this thing will be appreciated outside the Philippines.
0: Feeling confident in this new style and skill, it was time for him to try and showcase his art to the wider world, where he knew it could be appreciated. So he got to work and hustled his way into some group shows.
1: Yeah, so so me being confident that the uh, the overseas galleries will will love my work, I try to like reach out to to the ones who are like uh, catering lowbrow. At first, I I tried like fifteen galleries, and there's this gallery, Dorothy Circus. Well, same to other galleries, I sent them an, a message. I DM them in Instagram, hoping like, hoping to get their email, and it's not it's not really formal, like a casual conversation, and then they they suddenly like gave me an email address with all the galleries that I, I've sent to, they are the only gallery who like instantly gave me a show, a group show. So, yeah, um, I was really happy that. One gallery, and a really famous gallery would accept my work. And then, yeah, even if it's a short notice, like the invite was, there's only one month to do the painting and ship it overseas. I really made. I really gave my hundred percent on doing the the painting. And then after the circus, everything like just went blow up, and then there there are like asian galleries uh, contacting me and yeah so i think Dorothe circus have opened a lot of doors it's really like uh, a coincidence that to circus is uh, a big supporter of street art and asian art so yeah the i'm i'm yeah, i felt like I got lucky on discovering their gallery.
0: He finally found a style that he could be proud of, that was truly authentic to who he is and what his art stands for. And not only that, but people enjoyed it around the world. But Bleak's journey is not over. It's actually just beginning. And I can't wait to see where it goes from here and what turns his style might take. And how does it feel for you to be where you're
1: at now? I I felt really proud. Just for myself, but not proud like a Filipino having a show outside my country. I felt proud because from what I become, I kind of dream, but I never expected that, that that dream will come true. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I was really surprised. And then, yeah, it was like a dream coming true. Like. I'm really like happy and proud that um, there are like foreign people loving my work it made me like humbled well here in the philippines it's it's uh, I'm really happy too that there are people who supported me all the way I'm really grateful to all the galleries that I've worked here having a chance to work Overseas gave me a lot of motivation to continue making good work, great work. It, it it like it suddenly changed me from the old person that I am, which is like a happy-go-lucky person. Now I am, I I am really like investing a lot of in myself to be the greatest painter that I could be.
0: If there's one thing I hope you take away from this episode, it's that art is universal. And as long as you practice and open yourself up to learn new things, you can grow and find success no matter where you are from. Thanks for listening to this episode. And of course, if you've made it this far, that means you're a Patreon member. So let me say one more thing from my heart before you go on about your day. Thank you for signing up. It means more to me than you could ever understand. My art is real as a whole, and this podcast means so much to me, and I'm trying my hardest to provide as much value as I can to the art community and do something that I feel is meaningful to the world. You signing up means I can continue to do this podcast and produce even more content for all of you, as well as maybe even hire others and help them have a career in the art. I am optimistic for the future, and I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you.